The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Father, we give you praise. We know you are here with us. Your love commands it. Your love for us makes that our reality and our possibility. And regardless of what we may be going through, regardless of what is going on all around us, you are here with us now. You never leave us. You never forsake us because you love us as much as you love your son Jesus and so we invite you into our midst again this morning we invite you into our hearts we ask that you speak your word to us again one and all let everyone hear you like a child will hear the mother like a baby will hear the father speak to every single individual the unique way that they will hear your voice and they will see you for themselves know you for themselves experience you for themselves lord i pray that nobody will live here the same way we came you will touch us one and all you will meet all our needs according to your riches and glory and we'll walk in the fullness of that which you have prepared for us in Jesus mighty name we have prayed and we have worshipped and the people of God shouted louder amen all right before you take your seat please let me look at a neighbor to your left to your right tell them happy Valentine's just celebrate them express your love to them in one way or another as much as you can and then you can be seated well tomorrow is valentine's day perhaps there's anybody that is uninformed and i know you will not find valentine's day in your bible but there are many things you don't find in your bible that we do for everyday living you won't find eba in your bible or amala or whatever delicacy you like eating but you eat it praise god it has probably become a part and parcel of your life so the world will be celebrating Valentine's Day tomorrow and it's a celebration of love. And I think it's a good practice as well for us to walk in the love of God. Interestingly, Valentine was introduced through, I believe it was a Roman Catholic priest, St. Valentine's, several hundreds of years ago. Yes, it's not a scriptural quote-unquote practice, but love is good. Can I hear a loud Amen any form of it, any fashion of it, particularly if it is God-regulated, agape-regulated love. It's always good. So as your pastor, I want to encourage you to cel celebrate Valentine's Day tomorrow on one level or another. Praise God. And we're going to use the occasion of today's service to talk about the greatest love story ever. Hallelujah. I'm sure when you saw that theme for this service, um, you know that story. I believe everyone here, particularly people in church, you, on one level or another, you know what the greatest love story ever is. 
So let me just throw a pop quiz out. And you can answer randomly. I know we'll probably all say different things. Um, but I'm sure it will all converge in one thing or one person. Um, what is the greatest love story you've ever had? Or the greatest love story ever that you know? Just respond out loud. Let's just hear. Let's hear a chorus of answers. Ah, I didn't hear your voice, so. The greatest love story ever. Ah, somebody said... <laughs> Okay, don't let, me, don't let me say what came to my head that I thought somebody said. I, th I thought I heard somebody say, um, what's the name of that ship that, that sank? Titanic. <laughs> I hope it's not that somebody said Titanic. <laughs> okay, I can't hear you. What, the greatest love story ever. What is it? I'll raise your voice now, Soros. Okay, let me hear you. Are you ashamed of your answer? Oh, yeah, talk, talk, just shout. Okay, shout it if you know it. All right. I think the, the loudest voice we had, uh, it is, although I'm sure somebody is still thinking Titanic. Or maybe a love story your mother told you about somebody in your village. All right, praise God. I believe it's a good day for us to remind ourselves of the greatest love story ever. And of course, that's the story of Jesus. Um, the story of God's love for man, God's love for humanity. The greatest love story ever. Hallelujah. There are many ways you can look at Jesus. Of course, he's our savior, he's our redeemer, he's our healer. But one thing we can't deny from what the scriptures tell us also is that he is our lover. Hallelujah. Remember that old song, Jesus, lover of my soul, Jesus, I will never let you go, taking me from the merry clay, set my feet upon the rock, and now I know, hallelujah. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Praise God. John chapter 3 verse 16 is a text where all familiar with for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son the story of our salvation the story of our redemption is a story of love God loved the world John three sixteen, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him praise God can somebody shout I believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. And let me explain this to you again, particularly if you don't understand that concept. Believing in him, and I believe I'm going to come to it later on in this teaching, really and truly it means you are receiving his love for you. That is really the essence of believing in him. You are receiving the love that he is demonstrating to you. You are believing. You are not just believing in Jesus. Oh, Jesus came. Oh, he's one religious figure. He's one prophet. Oh, I believe he can heal me. I believe he can provide for me. All that is good. But really at the heart of the matter, it's that you are believing that he loves you. You are believing the love that he has for you. The greatest love story ever. A God that is 
or was sinless, perfect, looked at imperfect men and women, looked at imperfect humanity, and out of his love for them, each and every one of them, I might say, I love the way somebody said it, if I was the only person on the face of the earth, Jesus would still have come and died for me. I mean, that's believing in his love for you. If I was the last person on the face of the earth, he would still have come and died for me. A perfect God looked at sinful man and out of love, not out of what man can do for him. We had nothing we could give him. Not out of what he could get from man. There was nothing we could add to him. He was perfect as he was. Sinless as he was. There was no value as it were that we could add to God or give to God. God saved us purely motivated by his love for us. Hallelujah. And he left all of his glory. All of his splendor in heaven came down as sinful man, came down to our level. And died for us in order to save us. Hallelujah. And to win us to himself and have him for himself and share with us the glory that he has. Share with us all that he has. And we will forever reign with him in eternity in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That is the greatest love story ever. Look at verse 17 of that text. John 3, 17. Many times we quote 16 alone, but 17 is equally powerful. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Hallelujah. But that the world might be saved or the world through him might be saved. Can I say this to anybody here that is under the weight of guilt and condemnation and shame? Your problem is you have not looked again at the love that God has for you. You don't have to live under condemnation. It does not matter. And that is a literal statement. It does not matter what you have done. I was reading the writings of Apostle Paul again this week. And he was telling Timothy towards the end of his life. I am free of every man's blood. I'm not guilty of any man's blood. Paul that killed people. Paul that destroyed the lives of Christians and harassed them and killed them. He was the one holding the clothes the Bible recorded for us. It's inside the Bible that he was the one standing by giving them the okay to stone Stephen to death and holding the people's clothes, encouraging them. But he came to this place where he realized that through the love that God had made available for him, hallelujah, by sending his son, he didn't have to be condemned of that sin that he had committed. That was his old man or another person as it were. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. God is not condemning you. Please let me preach that to anybody this morning. God has no condemnation towards you. He loves you the way you are. Praise God. Look at what Romans chapter 5 tells us. Romans chapter 5 from verse, uh, let's read verse 8 first and I'm going to go back to verse 6. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, while we had reasons to be condemned and to be guilty, 
he did what? Christ died for us. It was a demonstration of his love for us. Hallelujah. He loved us that much. Let's pick it up on verse 6. Jump back to verse 6 for me. Romans 5 and verse 6. This is very important. Glory be to God. Because you don't need this revelation just when you get born again or when you come to the altar to give your life to Christ. You actually need it for day-to-day living. For when we were still without strength. Can I say this to anybody that you feel without strength in one area of your life or another? Maybe it's in your health, in your body. Or concerning your finances, or your business, or your career, or one area of, the, or, or, of your life or the other. It doesn't matter if you are without strength. Hallelujah. Because when we are still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Hallelujah. Look at verse 7. Glory be to God. Scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Perhaps you may find people that because somebody has done something right or somebody has done something good for them, you hear hear about all these um, secret service agents that maybe somebody wants to assassinate the president and they take a bullet for the president. Perhaps you may find that. But it's very rare. Hallelujah. Man, that is sacrificial love to take a bullet for somebody. You may find a father or a husband that someone is attacking their wife or or their child and he steps in and saves the day yeah perhaps for a good man somebody will dare to die but god demonstrated love the greatest love ever that the worst sinner can find salvation and avoid condemnation can somebody throw their hands up in in the air this morning and say that is me forever i can't hear you say that is me forever I am the one that God loved. I'm the one that Jesus died for. And I have received and accepted that love. Hallelujah. John 15 verse 13 says it verbatim for us. Greater love has no one than this. This is the highest expression. The greatest expression of love you will ever find. Than to lay down one's life. For a friend. And that's what God did for us in Christ Jesus. He laid down his life for us. The weakest of us. The greatest sinner among us. The most guilty among us. Hallelujah. He has given his life for us. I want to use this opportunity of this Valentine's season in 2022 to remind everybody under the sound of my voice and everyone that is listening to me, wherever you may be listening to me, you are living in the love of God now. You are living in the greatest love story ever written now. You are the beneficiary, the recipient of the greatest love ever displayed now. Now, now, you are living in it. You are, the, you are living in it. You are the recipient or should be the recipient of that love. Or let me say it this way because I'm going to come to that in a moment. That greatest love ever has been channeled, targeted, demonstrated towards you now. Now. 
Regardless of what you may be going through, and I know you may be going through challenges and difficulties, it doesn't change the fact that God loves you and God has demonstrated the greatest love ever towards you. You are living in it now. Hallelujah. That story is still being written. Glory be to God. The story is still being written. And it's still being written about you. You are living in it now. Hallelujah. Go to 1 John chapter 3 with me again this morning. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. Hallelujah. What depth, what height, what breadth, what length. It's unimaginable. The love that the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. We are living in it now. Therefore, the world does not know us because the world did not know him. That love has been demonstrated, poured out, channeled, pushed towards us. Every one of us on the face of the earth that will dare to believe it and receive it. What manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. Hallelujah. Look at verse 2 and 3. Look at verse 2. Please put up verse 2 for me. Beloved, now are we the children of God. And watch this. Look at, look at where the love of God is taking us to. It has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, when we see him in the fullness of all of his glory, we will be like him. For we shall see him as he is. The love of God comes to meet us as sinners, as weaklings, as people without strength, as people without hope, as people without a future. And it now begins to change us to become the very image of our lover. Hallelujah. That's where he's taking us to. But we have that love now. Somebody shout, I have that love now. I have that love now. Glory, glory be to God. You read about Jesus who is love personified. And there are many times the Bible uses to describe Jesus. He is grace personified. He is power personified. But one amazing quality. And interestingly, the scriptures tells us this. God is love. That's the way God primarily describes himself in scriptures. I don't want to go into that because that's a whole different teaching today. I mean, I don't want to go into that today. That would be a whole different teaching. And Jesus will come on in his earthly work. Love personified. You read scriptures like Matthew 9.36. That's a very perfect one. He will see the people and the Bible told us he had compassion on them. Compassion there refers to love. He was just demonstrating love in his earthly walk. He came to a place and some, some blind men came to meet him. He lost of our sight. And the Bible will tell us he will have compassion on them. Ah, I love them so much, I don't want them to remain blind. I love them so much, I don't want them to remain hungry. I love them so much, I don't want them to remain heartbroken. Compassion. I remember the scriptures tell us, Hebrews 13 verse 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
So if he was love personified yesterday in his earthly walk, and he was having compassion everywhere he went, and demonstrating love to meet the practical needs of the people, feeding them when they were hungry, healing them when their bodies were broken, giving them hope when they were in despair, raising them from the dead when they had died because of the compassion that he had for them, praying for them. Matthew 9 told us he saw them, they were like sheep without shepherd and they were scattered astray. They were being tossed to and fro by the winds of life and the difficulty of life and he had compassion and he said, let's pray for the, that the Lord of the harvest will send laborers into his harvest, praying for them. If he did that yesterday, I want to announce to you, child of God, he is doing the same thing today. Hallelujah. He is doing the same thing today. I said he's doing the same thing today in the name of Jesus. Had compassion. Jesus Christ the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. But watch what we are saying here. John chapter 1. Very interesting truth that the scripture reveals to us in verse 11. He came to his own. Talking about the nation of Israel. In those days of his earthly walk. And his own did not receive him. When you read the old verse. Okay, let me read the old verse for you. But as many as received him, to them... He gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. Receiving him meant believing in him. Believing in him meant receiving his love. So as compassionate as he was, as loving as he was, as much as he wanted to meet people's needs, help people in their difficulties, some people just did not receive and the question we have to keep asking ourselves that are here today, because it's Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Are we receiving that love? Are we conscious of that love? Do we know that we are the recipients or the beneficiaries of that love? Hallelujah. Do you know that that love is channeled towards you as you are today? Do you know that you are living in the greatest love story ever? Receiving it consciously. Particularly in the most difficult seasons of your life. Glory, glory be to God. That's why I love that song we just sang. I love you, Lord. All my days I will sing of the goodness of God. You have walked me through the fire. In the darkest night, you are closer than any, than no other. Glory, glory be to God. Lift those hands and say today. I can hear you say today. You see, hold on for a second. This is something we have to do consciously. Look at what that scripture told us in John 1. Jesus was walking among them. They could touch the love of God physically. Apostle John wrote to us about that in his first apostle. That which we have seen. That which we have beheld. That which, he didn't put this in the verse, but he could have said it, that we laid our head on his bosom. 
they still had to receive it for themselves. Because some did not receive it. You and I have not seen him physically, like Apostle John and the other apostles. We have not held him or touched him physically. We have not laid our heads on his bosom. It's practically speaking, it can be a bit more challenging for us to receive that love. Hallelujah. Because we are talking about someone that is not walking physically and living among us, but he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. One of the apostles betrayed him. Sold him out for 30 pieces of silver. We know his story. Let's go beyond that. All of the others ran away from him in his time of trouble. They forsook him. The day that he was struck, the prophecy was strike the shepherd and the sheep will flee. The day he was struck, they all ran away. But you know he still loved them when they ran away. Hallelujah. Do you know he didn't stop loving them? Even the people that crucified him and nailed him to the street were still loving them and praying for them. So I always tell people, what's the difference between Judas and Peter and the other apostles? I'll tell you the difference. Quite honestly, they all committed the same sin on different degrees. Are you with me this morning? But the other apostles were able to, in spite of their failure, in spite of their weakness, in spite that they forsook Jesus, like Judas also forsook Jesus, they were able to come back and receive his love. Oh, I hope somebody is hearing me this morning. They came back and said, we, we have wronged you. We have sinned against you, master. The day we should have stood beside you, like we boasted, let's use Peter alone, like I boasted. When the trouble came, I ran. But he still came back because the love of God did not stop. Hallelujah. It's not dependent. We call it agape love. It's not dependent on what we have done. It's dependent on he, who he is. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? And it's always flowing. So even after you have sold him for 30 pieces of silver, you can still come back to that love and receive that love. Even after you have forsaken him in his most difficult hour, you can still come back to that love. They came back and he welcomed them with open arms. Glory be to God. Can I tell somebody that is under a heavy weight of guilt or sin or condemnation, if you come back to him, he will welcome you with open arms. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. We are living right now in the greatest love story ever known. And we can receive it every day. We can walk in it every day. And really and truly, this is my charge to us this morning. I want to encourage you, whoever you are, wherever you are. Hear me. The greatest love story is the love that God has demonstrated towards us. But it's not supposed to be the only great love story. Hello? It's actually supposed to be a template for all those that have received that great love to also begin to write their own love stories to other people. Hallelujah. Please follow me very carefully. 
it's supposed to be a template, an example for us to follow. To begin to write our own love stories. Tell your own love story. Demonstrate. God has done his own through his son, Jesus Christ. You and I that are bold enough and confident enough to receive that love and to walk in that love, the charge, glory be to God, and the instruction, in fact, the Bible calls it the commandment to us, is not just to receive that love, but to also begin to write our own love stories as well. Let the husbands begin to love their wives as well. Let the wives begin to love their husbands as well. Let the children begin to love their parents. Let the parents begin to love their children. Someone says, I don't have wife, I don't have husband. Love your father, love your mother, love your brother, love your sister. I don't have father, I don't have mother, I don't have brother, I don't have sister. Love your colleague at work. Love your neighbor that lives down the street to you. Love a stranger. Hallelujah. Begin to write your own love story. Glory be to God. God has written his own for us. It's a template for us to follow. Hallelujah. It's an example for us to model our lives after. Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 1. Ephesians 5 and 1. If your Bible has titles like mine, you will see the title, Walk in love what is he talking about therefore be imitators of god as their children and walk in love as christ also has loved us and given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to god for a sweet smelling aroma walk in love quite honestly that's what valentine's day is all about I know the romantics have hijacked it for themselves in our generation. And there's nothing wrong with that. Hello? Look at your neighbor for me and ask him, are you romantic? <laughs> there's this song I had on the radio, Valentine is coming. Where is your boyfriend? Valentine is coming. Where is your girlfriend? <laughs> How many people know that song that are in church with me this morning? <laughs> Valentine is coming. <laughs> and quite honestly, in its purest form, that is a good thing. You know, to the pure, all things are pure. It's to the unpure that they know what they are planning in their hearts. <laughs> I believe I'm talking to pure people this morning. I remember the first time my kids school. This is at least the first time it resonated with me. And quite honestly, the first time I saw it, of course, as my children were growing up, and they told them, it's going to be Valentine's Day. We want all the children to bring gifts. These are junior primary school children, so there's no romance anywhere. Or there should not be romance anywhere. <laughs> bring gifts. And they start teaching the children. Start demonstrating love to your friends. A big part of love is giving. God so loved that he did what? Gave. And they told them, I mean, the first time I saw it, I think it was Nifemi then. I would also, I can't even remember. That they should all come to school with gifts. 
I was touched. When I was in secondary school, there was nothing like that. The revelation of what love really is had not grown and matured to that level. Hallelujah. Where it's not limited to just romance. There is love for family members. Somebody should call an uncle tomorrow and just say, I want to greet you. I love you. Somebody should call an aunt tomorrow. Somebody should call their father or their mother. Maybe they have not spoken to for a long time. For whatever may have happened. And listen to me. I'm not necessarily saying that you must be very close with that person because I don't know the history of the Yahweh between the two of you. And I will give you some very practical wisdom. Some people, the best way to love them is to love them from afar. From a phone call. So we are not getting into the gist of what happened. But a simple phone call or a text message saying on this Valentine's Day, I just want you to know that I love you and I'm praying for you. It's okay. Please let me tell your neighbor it's okay. And let me say this to the husbands and the wife. Do romance. That one is good. <laughs> love your colleagues at work. Love colleagues at work. Love neighbors in your estate. If you can buy gifts, buy gifts. If you can call, call. If you can text, text. If you can pray for someone, pray for them. Oh, hallelujah. He told us here, please look at that text again, Ephesians 5.1. Imitate the person that wrote and demonstrated the greatest love story ever. Imitate him. Now that you are recipients of that love and that love has made you his children, imitate him. Imitate him. Jesus was still with open arms to receive Judas back after he had betrayed him with seven pieces of silver. Judas just did not receive that love and he went to commit suicide. See, that, those are the negative things that happen when you don't walk in the love. You, you can walk in the love. A lot of people are depressed and are sad because they are not walking in the love. They are unhappy because they are not walking in the love. Perhaps some people are unhealthy because they are not walking in the love. Perhaps some people are not prospering financially as they should because they are not, they are not receiving that love and imitating that love, walking in it. In fact, let me show that to you. Because this is really where I want to go this morning and I'm going to close here. Go with me to 1 John chapter 3. And we're going to read a number of scriptures here. Line upon line. Precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. So that God can open somebody's eyes and help somebody. Think about this for a moment. We've been talking about the glory of God. And we said... The glory of God is, this is the definition I want you to hold on to, the best that God has. God in his best form. God in his best version. The God demonstrating the best of his wisdom. God demonstrating the best of his power. God demonstrating the best of everything he has. Those are the riches of God's glory that we are called to enjoy. And the Bible now lets us know that this 
God is love. The, 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 the fullness of God can actually only be realized when you are walking in God's love. Walking in God's love. And it therefore stands to reason that the glory of God can only be realized when I'm walking in God's love. God doesn't just have love. The Bible tells us what God is love. Again, I don't want to really dwell too much on that this morning because of the time we have. But read with me from 1 John 3, verse 16. I want us to cover a number of verses here. By this we know love. We need to know it. Ephesians 3 tells us that God will open our eyes and reveal to us the length, the depth, the breadth, and the height. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. In other words, it's not something they're going to teach you in university. It's something the Holy Ghost has to reveal to you. Hallelujah. But this is how we know we have caught the revelation and the understanding of the love of God. By this we know love. This when we understand that because he laid down his life for us, we also ought to imitate him and lay down our lives for our brethren. This is walking in it. I have received the one he provided for me. I believe it for myself. I'm no longer condemned by the sins I've committed, even if I sold him out for 30 pieces of silver. And I'm not going to sell him out for 30 pieces of silver again. But God forbid, if I fall into that again, I will still receive that love again and bring myself out of it. But when I know I'm fully understanding and appreciating what he has done for me is, when I can start demonstrating it to other people as well. Loving my brethren. And brethren there is everybody. That is a part of your life. But whoever has this world's goods. This is lovely. And sees his brother in need. And shops up his heart. The KJV says his barwell of compassion. How does the love of God abide in him? I want to give a very shout, a loud shout out and appreciation to everyone that has made it a habit in this church to give benevolence every offering consistently. You are fulfilling that verse 17 right there. That's what you are saying. Opening up your, your heart of compassion. Hey, I have money. I have resources. And I'm in a position where I can help somebody else. And thank God for years now in this church, that account is always supplied for. In fact, there are times it's our most liquid accounts in church, at times. Or one of our most liquid accounts in church. Because a lot of people have come to at least this dimension of it. And that is good. Look at your neighbor and say, that is good. That is love. Practically displayed. So that when somebody calls and says, church, I have a need. A financial assistant I need. We get called sometimes, people have to be rushed to hospital. They need emergency surgery. And they don't have enough cash with them. But lovers in the house that are also writing their own great story of love. You don't want me to be reading it yet. I've understood what we are saying in a matured way. And they've made provision to love somebody else. Verse 18, my little children. He's teaching us here, let us not love in word or in tongue, 
Oh, we can teach it. We can sing it. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love. And it's good to sing it. Nothing wrong with that. He's not trying to knock that here. But he said, don't just stop there. But love in deed and in truth. Let it be displayed in your marriage. Hallelujah. Are you still here? Verse 19, and by this we know the truth. Let me jump to verse 21 because of time. Glory, glory be to God. Or really verse 22, this is where I want to go. And we're going to close here. Look at this, look at this. Why would God, why would God tell us to imitate him and walk in love? Because he wants something from us? No. Why would God tell us be like me? I saved you when you were a wretched sinner, when you had no hope without God in this world. You didn't know your left from your hand. I, I gave everything I had. Wrote the greatest love story ever. And I'm now making you to be like me. And I want you to be like me. Why would he tell us to do that? It's right there in verse 22. Look at verse 22. We're going to read verses 22 and 23 together. Listen to this very carefully. Whatever we ask. Whatever we ask of him. Because we keep his commandments. Notice that clause here. Whatever we ask. There are many whatever we ask we see in scriptures. Well, not many. A good, powerful ones. You, there's the place of whatever you ask if you believe. To him that believeth all things are possible. There's the place of whatever we ask when you pray. A prayerful person. God gives you a blank check. Here is teaching us a lover of God and someone that walks in love. Also qualifies to walk in this whatever you ask realm. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. This is really why God wants you to do this. This is why God wants you to imitate him. It's not for anything that will benefit God per se. It's for everything that will benefit you. Hallelujah. Whatever we ask... Glory be to God. We receive from him. There is a condition. Because we keep his commandments. And do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Verse 23. He's still speaking. And I've not finished my train of thought. I'm expounding to you and revealing to you. The length, the depth, the breadth, the height. Of the love of God that passes on understanding. And... This is the commandment. So when he's saying no commandment, he's not talking about ten commandments. Hello? He defined it for us. This is the commandment. That one, we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus. I told you earlier, what does that mean? It simply means receive his love for you. Receive his love. That, that's really what believing in the name of Jesus is. That Jesus came... And because of his great love for me, he died for me. Saved me from sin. Saved me from poverty. Saved me from sickness. His love for me. You receive that, that love, believing in his name. And that you love one another. Hallelujah. Imitate him as he has given us commandments. 
Glory be to God. Look at this. Love walk guarantees you this life of receiving whatever you ask. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Love walk does what? Guarantees you this life. There's, this life is in scriptures. We see it in different places. And really it's a life of God's glory. God in all of his glory, there's nothing he wants that he cannot have. He will create it. And when we begin to imitate him in love, somebody's life is changing from today. When we begin to imitate him in love, we can also begin to walk from one level of glory to another level of glory in this life of love. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and rise up on your feet with me this morning. God told me to charge you. Can I raise your hands? I want you to raise your hands and surrender. God told me, this is the instruction he gave me for us today. Charge them to make a fresh commitment. A fresh commitment to walk in love. Raise your hands. Raise your hands. <laughs> you can't do this in your own strength. You can't do this in your own ability. It's going to take the grace of God. Say with me this morning, in the name of Jesus. I can hear somebody say in the name of Jesus. Somebody watching us online, join us. Everybody, let's say it one more time. In the name of Jesus, I receive grace to walk in love. I make a fresh commitment to walk in the love of God, to receive the love that God has for me by believing in the name of Jesus and to demonstrate that same love to people all around me and imitate God as a lover of men. Father, I thank you that as I live this life and as I walk in this path, I receive all that I ask of you. My needs are met. My bills are paid. I have answers to problems. I have solutions to difficulties. I experience Goshen. I experience recovery. I experience restoration. I experience all-round victory. I experience overwhelming breakthroughs. I experience your love, your power, your wisdom, and your glory on a whole different dimension. I forgive. Somebody declared this this morning. I forgive. Say it again. I forgive. Whoever I need to forgive right now. I let go. Oh, somebody, the power of God is helping you. I let go every offense that I've harbored in my heart. I choose to love even people that have betrayed me. Like Jesus loved Judas. I choose to love. I choose to love even people that have disappointed me. Like Jesus loved Peter. Today, by the help of God, I make a fresh commitment to walk in love and write my own love story for the whole world to see. Open your mouth and begin to pray right where you are. If you can still lift your hands, lift those hands. Let the grace of God come upon you and pray. Shanto sata yala bregedosa. 
a fresh commitment to walk in love I will call that person I need to call. I will visit that person I need to visit. I will forgive that person I need to forgive. I will give to that person I need to give to. I will embrace whoever I need to embrace. And I will romance the person I need to romance. I walk in the love of God by the grace and the help of God. I make that fresh commitment. I make that fresh commitment and I pray for that grace. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station. First Bank Bus Stop off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 00 640.